Logos and Trivial podcast. I am Chance Lunsford. I'm also Logos and Trivial. I'll let you try to measure that one out. While you do, let me introduce today's special guest, Mr. Jamie Combs. Jamie's a guy who I came in contact with through Twitter because of my friend Garrett Daly, a previous guest on this podcast. And at first I wasn't sure what to make of the guy. Um, he kind of, he had some interesting things to say, but he, I, I wasn't necessarily sure about the framework of what he was talking about. But then I had an opportunity to have a conversation with he and Garrett and a couple other gentlemen and have him lay out what he calls his four games system. And after talking with him and kind of understanding that he wasn't like a, some spiritual guru type guy, he was just really a gentleman who was interested in providing a helpful framework for people to be able to understand their own lives and maybe to categorize some of their ambitions and some of their goals. I thought, well, this is really golden. And that's a large part of the reason that I wanted to have Jamie on the podcast today. And just as another FYI, Jamie's got a natural foods company uh, that he's been rather successful with. And through that, he's been able to create a space for himself to provide the system to you with, without an end goal in mind, other than just to try to help people uh, become more successful in becoming the kind of people and living the kind of lives they want to live by creating this framework. So with that introduction, Jamie Combs, my man, thank you for coming on the Logos and Trivial podcast. Why don't you tell the people a little bit about who you are and what you do beyond what I've just said? Uh, hey, Chance. I talked to you again. Um, yeah, I'm an artist turned entrepreneur, living in the UK for the last 15 years. I mostly have been focused on helping people eat more whole food, do more whole thinking, and play outside. Those are my big three things. I'm particularly interested in this next generation of leaders, um, and specifically arming the able early. Because I think things are moving fast, and they need to be well-prepared and ready, and I fear they're not. Uh, and that they'll be, we're going to need a multiple generations of some really excellent leaders to get us out of what I see is going on. And so that's one of the reasons I'm so interested in you and your whole quarter at Twitter, because it seems to me like something significant is happening down there, and uh, I was keen to talk to you about it. Well, that's, uh, that's very kind of you to say, and to be honest, um, that's how I feel about my corner of Twitter and, and myself as well. You know, I have, I have big visions and, and right now I'm trying to lay the groundwork both with um, connections and with, uh, you know, different opportunities that I'm trying to capitalize on to, to lay a foundation that I can then move forward from. Um, and I wonder just as a quick question and without maybe getting, I mean, you can get, you can get as deep into this as you want, but what is it that you, are concerned with that's coming down the pipeline that you envision people are going to need to be stepping up into leadership roles? Mm. Yeah, good convert. question. I think, yeah, sure. No, I think the nature of the problem, certainly the problem I face growing my business and I run into people is over accelerating overwhelming complexity. Now that seems to be to be the nature of our age. What most people are facing in one way or another, there's just so much coming at you so quickly and it's changing so swiftly, it's hard to predict in the future. So you've got this really maelstorm situation and you're trying to lead in that, you're trying to organize, you're trying to allocate resources for a long time. It's a, it's a dynamic situation. So I sure found that the tool that I was dying for and as I figured it out, allowed me to progress farther and farther. It was a tool that allowed me to simplify wisely. 
so I could focus on the right things in the right order and the non-obvious connections between the parent. And so for me, there are certain elements that have to be in that mix. Think of it as almost your minimal viable dashboard if you're trying to ride something complicated, right? The difference between a cockpit and a space shuttle versus the dashboard on your car. And too much is too much, and too few is too few. And after having gone through business school and been a strategy consultant and learned all the models and things, I was finding that I didn't have what I needed when I went off and tried to do it on my own. Um, and so I synthesized what I've got. Uh, and then since then, for me anyway, everything has been entirely different. This is an entirely different way of approaching things. It's more like a martial art where now you're just ready for surprise. You don't have to prepare every detail in advance. That makes sense. So it's a pretty common, it's a pretty common problem, but I think that nature of accelerating complexity is facing all of us. It's particularly acute if you're a leader and trying to lead other people. What tools do you have that allow you to navigate through that wisely? That's the space that I don't think we have enough. I was a, the ones I learned in business school were less helpful than you might imagine. So that's the nature of what I'm doing. And then I have great sympathy for any entrepreneur, any person who's trying to get their act together. Personally, particularly if they've got some hard luck case or there's some environment where it's just got resources, how are all these people going to get their act together, you know, have satisfying, fulfilling lives, be helpful? They don't have the education, the resources, and even if they do get into the education, they get armed with the wrong type of information at the opportunity cost of their youth. So it just strikes me that education is changing, the tools for education are changing. And, uh, I don't want to be a part of that because it seems to me. Okay, so one of the things I cued into as you were talking just now is um, the idea that there's a before and after for the four games um, toolkit in your own life. And I wonder maybe if you could if you could lay out the four games framework and then and then take us from before you had synthesized this into a framework. Um, and then maybe the implementation and, and where you are now versus where you were before so that people can kind of understand what it is and, and how you've used it in your own life to kind of build, build an understanding moving forward. Sure, happy to. Uh, first, there's kind of often there's like a really negative reaction of like, hey, hold it, man, what is this hokey, simplistic thing you're trying to cram me into? You know, so there's often that initial resistance. It comes back because it feels like kind of putting me in a box, trying to label me, trying to take things down. You'll discover it's none of that because each one of those areas is a bottomless rabbit hole as practices of information. So it's really taking this huge bits of information, all really interesting, and simplifying. So if you feel an initial urge of like eh, skepticism, bear with me. The fastest way to kind of get started is to recognize, to think of it in a couple of ways. You can think of it as your reality. Everything you can experience, all in. How would you draw a map of that? Or you could think, how would you draw a map of yourself if you were to include your environment and everything else? Or you could say, what if you were to put on a pair of lenses and look at the world this way? So there's all different metaphors you could have to frame these different dimensions. It doesn't really matter. The main important thing is to make the distinction between these six primary dimensions. And I'll go through them one at a time. And they're all phenomenological and they're all self-verifiable. So the fastest way is to just do a quick sense check that you have all these dimensions. Because in my view, that's all you got. If you're gonna build anything in this world, you're gonna build it with these. 
So distinguishing them and then after that clarifying and aligning is the nature of what we're trying to do. But the six dimensions that it focuses on your mental space, like your thoughts, your ideas, if you're understanding what I'm saying right now, your mental space is work. Concepts, abstraction, imagination, all that stuff goes in. Fabulous. Four game dynamics is an idea in your mental space. So check, you've got that. That's the yellow part of it, short game. You also have emotions, you have feelings, you have sensation, emotions that are non-linguistic. But are also always, at the same time you have a thought, you also have an emotion. That's the red part of your short game. Emotions too, always shifting, changing all the time, but you never escape them. And then the third part of your short game is your physical body, your sensations. You know, your arms, your legs, it's inside of you. All that, those three things together, your mental space, your emotional space, and your physical space. Everybody has one. Now you can label it different, you can relate it different, you can get semantic about it. But the thing in itself, that's your short game. There's all sorts of best practices to be done in there. There's all sorts of afflictions to watch out for in there. It's a world into itself. But that's your short game. You've got to manage that. But also you have a mid-game. In addition to having those three things, you also have an environment. If you look around, wherever you are now, you're embedded in an environment. That environment is full of gadgets. Some of those gadgets connect together to make systems, air conditions, roads, banking. You're in it like a fish in water. That's your mid-game. Also, everybody has one of those. They, of course, affect your short game. If you're mid-game, we're suddenly to get very cold. The thoughts in your head, your emotions, and your physical body would all do something different. So those two things are connected. This isn't new information. It's just the way I language that. But there's more to you than that. You also have a long game. You have a narrative about yourself in story form where you're the hero. And you can tell me how it started, what we're doing here, and where you're going. And that's all in the, that's all in the language of narrative. That's a story form. That's not mid-game. You can't bump into it. It's a story. And then lastly, you're even more than that because all of that's embedded as you as we all face kind of the uh, existential mystery of what the hell's going on? Mystery, yada, yada, yada. You get to mystery. What are you going to do with mystery? you're going to have to put a metaphor around it. It's as close as you're going to get. I don't know what's going on, but it's kind of like a kingdom. I don't know what's going on, but it's kind of like a river. I don't know what's kind of going on. But that metaphor is going to set a lot of things. So I look at individuals that do a snapshot of you in time. I'm interested in any given moment, like a slice from a movie reel. You have thoughts, emotions, physical sensations, environment, long game, and the metaphorical games all happening simultaneously from moment to moment. And you can't escape them. You can ignore them, you cannot name them, you can slice them differently. But with this tool, through these lens, what that does is that looks at people and it highlights and focuses on those specifically. Because there's some interesting inter non-obvious interrelations between those. That, if you're trying to get something complex done over time, where the cause and effect happen over space and time, I find it's priceless. You have to know that. You have to be able to link your long game to short game action. Because you've got an army of people. You have to tell what to do right now. And how do you know what to do if you don't know a path? And how do you know if that's the right path if it's not, you know, lining with the metaphor of what you think is wrong, et cetera. So if that makes sense, but if you just check through those, each of those four games, those are your birthright. Every person has those. Nobody can take those away from you. 
You could be stuck in the worst situation in the world. You've got your four games. They may be miserable, <laughs> but they're all you got. And the nature of getting from a crummy four-game situation to a better four-game situation starts by being aware of those dimensions. Because it's hard to fix things you can't name. So that's step one, which I just kind of call to distinguish these areas. You have to be aware of them. Because often just awareness itself is purity. Oh, I see. You put it that way. Because again, this is really simple. This isn't adding content. This is just slicing and dicing and grouping what you know in a little more convenient way. For the same reason you don't put all your clothes on a, in one bucket on the floor, you put them in different drawers. Same idea. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. So, so, so that, that's a step one and just that simple thing, which could be taught with the ABCs and the one, two, threes. You know, I mean, it's not complex. That's the thing. It's immediately graspable. It's intuitive and it's phenomenologically checkable. It's immediately handy. So the wonder why I'm so enthusiastic about it is it's, I can teach, you're going to learn it here today. And then once you learn it, you can hang up the phone. You know, nothing special about me. But that's that kind of minimal viable thing that if I could give every leader in the world something who has nothing else and has no promise of any kind of in-depth education. I said, hey, man, you got it tough one way or another. If you pull your four games together, that's what getting your act together looks like. What else could it be? Sure. And I just never had it talk to me that way, and I wish, it, I, wish I had let me jump in here for a second and then and then let's let's get into your story a little bit because I just wanted to offer a couple of thoughts. Um, you know, what I find um, especially useful uh, about the way that you're looking at things is this is this is the way that I like to teach as well, where it's like, no, I'm not telling you who you need to be. I'm not telling you what to do. I'm not telling you what your myth needs to be or your story needs to be. I'm just letting you know these are elements to your life. So, you know, if you if you grew up in a religion or you grew up an atheist or you or whatever, it doesn't. This framework is still useful uh, to you because you have body and everything that goes along with it. You're in an environment. There's no arguing about either of those things. You have a story. You know, if you look back at your life, how do you look at it chronologically and with events highlighted that define who you are yes and when you start to ponder the great things that are beyond your comprehension what do we always do well we always wrap it in a metaphor that has elements of our story and and, and things in it whether it's a religion whether it's a philosophy whether it's whatever so i just kind of wanted to jump in and 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 point that out maybe if people hadn't quite put that together that yet that this is this is a tool for you you could incorporate your religion, you could incorporate your family history, you could incorporate all the things that are already important to you. It just helps give you a perspective on, like you said, the drawers and where to put the clothes, the different kinds of clothes in the different drawers. So, um, I mean, that might've been obvious, but maybe it wasn't. And I just kind of wanted to offer that up. So, so beyond that, um, now that we kind of have an understanding of the framework, why don't you, why don't you help us understand how, uh, like you talked about, you were in a place where the tools that you needed didn't really exist in the way that you needed to, and you and you put this to use, and and how it impacted your life. Yeah, sure. Yeah, once you can, once you see the dimensions, things start getting really fun because you can kind of look back at yourself and see your situation better than you knew it at the time. You know, in hindsight, I can look back, and, and most of us young guys, young people, we have all had the same situation, right? We're fully we're full of short games. Right? You got all these ideas, you got all this energy, you're just woo. Your mid game is generally crummy. You don't have anything, right? Your long <laughs> game is full, it's full of aspiration, but no achievement, right? So you're like, hmm. So it's hard for you to get credibility in, 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 in the social long game. 
because people don't project on you a role of other anything other than kid. Hi, oh, yeah, I'm some good kid. What have you done? And like what you're finding, as you start to trade in some of those aspirations for achievement, your long game role, people start to project on you because of those achievements and things become easier. So the tough thing at the beginning when you're young and you don't have any mid game, you don't have any, and you've got all this short game, is you've got to have a really good long game that, is, that can, can justify, okay, this is just the part of the story where I'm working hard every day, I'm not making a lot of money, but I build in my business. So you have to be able to build in a narrative that does that. And that's what I, had, I ended up having with four game dynamics. It helped me go from kind of a vague thing of people, vague plans. You talk to most people what they're trying to do. But once I got it aligned, oh, it became a lot, a lot more fun. But I don't know, you want me to start at the, what part would you like me to focus on of that story? Because I've got 15 years of it. <laughs> sure. So, so maybe let's, let's look at, let's look at maybe um, some of the chaos leading up to you synthesizing this system so people can understand okay. where you were at and then, and then kind of how you put things together and moved beyond that chaos into, into a more orderly or, or more, uh, you know, like uh, okay, sure, sure, situation. Sure. Well, well, tell me if you guys, if you can relate to this, I got, I went through school and was doing fine. I didn't get a B plus in anything. You know, and then out of, when I got out of school, it was this shock of, oh, this, this system's totally different. I don't want to go work for these things. I'm not inspired to do any of this. You know, I feel like I'd be forced down a hallway with no doors, you know? And it's like, what have I been doing my whole, my whole youth? And at that point, it really, and you get this fear of like, holy shit, I have no idea. You know, and everybody's giving you this vague advice, oh, follow your interests. Or just get a, job, you get a job, you bum. Like, well, thanks, Dad. But you know, and then you see some of your friends have taken off and they got it all together. And so suddenly you've got this sinking feeling, like, oh, am I the loser in this story? Like, am I going to be the last one to get it? Is there, you know, while I've been screwing off, is everybody been making plans? So I was down in Southern California at that point. Born in Ohio, moved to Northern California when I was about ten. Uh, went to college down in Southern California. And uh, that's a hard place to be a young guy if you're not doing well. Right? It's awfully easy to look around and feel like, man, <laughs> I am well man on the totem pole and I don't see how I could ever get out. Um, so I remember getting out of school and just being like, I don't even know where to begin. So I went in with my interest. As I was, I'd been a fitness trainer before. So I got to selling treadmills and doing fitness training on the side. And just keeping my toe in the industry that I was vaguely interested in. But that was my strategy at the time. It was like, I don't know, just stay close to something you don't hate. <laughs> right? So sure. stay close to something I don't hate. Uh, and then the good traditional advice that everybody gives you, which is right, is like, all right, kid, go learn to sell. Stay close to something you don't hate and learn to sell. So I stayed in that fitness world and was living in LA, you know, selling treadmills and movie stars and whatnot. And uh, interesting. But then pretty soon that started to feel like, okay, what's, how am I, this isn't my life. And so I got to sneak off to business school, which allowed me to hide out for a while. And then I got out of business school after studying marketing and branding and operational design. And I still didn't want to go into business. I still didn't like it. And uh, this was in the late 90s, where what was kicking off was the internet and Eastern Europe was opening up. So I joined a, something called the MBA Enterprise Corps, the Peace Corps for MBAs. 
you got sent out to Eastern Europe, Ukraine, and Moldova for a couple of years working for a venture capital company, where I got to be the young MBA strategy guy that got embedded in these companies that has just gone from being communist to now being capitalist and have this venture capital invested in them to go make sure that they turn from a communist kind of business to a capitalist kind of business. So I got to go in there and do all sorts of interesting things of that for a few years. Um, and then came back out of that, moved to uh, back to the States. Again, still didn't want to go into business. It saved some money now and got deliberately exciting expat life for a while. Moved up to Idaho to do creative writing. So lived in a cabin for a couple years up there. Finally came back into the world and uh, had this, I don't know, itching like crawl about whole food, junk food. <laughs> when I'm looking back at America, I haven't been in Eastern Europe for a while. Come back to America, everybody's just so unhealthy. Habits are so bad. Mid games, just not conducive to health. Um, so what, th then I started to kind of skip this one kind of insight that drove me for everything else, I guess, was as society gets more technocentric, if there's a predictable, for sure, nature-centric pushback, it can't not happen. And for me, that, that was like, oh, and that's going to be in food, and that's going to be cross-category, that's going to be cross-cultural. It may not be as big as intense as the technocentric push, but it will be relative to it. And to me, that seems significant because that's like, oh, a nature-centric way of looking at things, I'll hop up to deep game for a second, that's a, a metaphor where everything's connected. That's a holistic metaphor. That's a meadow where everything works together. Um, Whereas a junk food, the metaphor that supports a junk food is a, more like a gold mine, more of an extraction metaphor up there of some kind. That makes sense. Well, I got the insight that it seemed to me that over time, people's deep games are getting more holistic, by which they're going to get more in harmony with nature, or a, a significant a group is, as society gets more te technocentric, there's a predictable increase in people who have a much more intensely holistic deep game. And that strikes me as an entirely different kind of common sense, uh, which has significant implications down different markets because either you think you're part or you're whole. And that drips down to all your different decades or all your, all your different games. Uh, and also in the marketplace, of course. In the context of food, that means you're going to be able to see a difference from processed food to the rise of whole food, plant-based and animal-based. Heavily over-processed stuff to minimally processed closer to nature stuff. And that's the you know, trend we happen to pick early with Ruby. And we'll write about it, or still write about it. And that grows. That's, um, so that's, that's, that's a, there's a, there's an insight there that maybe is just beneath the surface that I want to highlight just for a second before you continue. And I want to, I want to point out to people that there's there's always opposition to every movement and if you see a movement that maybe has some elements of it that you don't care for or that you would like to um, offer an alternative to by paying attention to the way that things are shifting that will inform you about the, the opposition that you can um, represent or capitalize on by by coming in with a with another alternative that is on the other end of the spectrum and and just wanted to kind of point that out both in personal life and if you have any business idea by paying attention to the trends you can always count on there being a counter trend or a counter narrative and by paying close attention to that you can sort of understand where you might be able to enter into the fray so to speak uh, so that's kind yeah. of it 
and please carry on. <laughs> no, no, exactly. And, and they're embedded in, so, and they have non-obvious connections. So if you want to affect, if you know one part, you can pull the others with you. So for example, when we talk about, in our business, we talk about the clean, green future. What's, the, what's in the future? It all works out. Let's fast forward the future when it all works out. You know, everybody's looking for that. If it all works out, we got outside and we looked around. What would for sure be there? Right? We know that for now. And one of those is whole food. Like, well, there's no scenario where the future's better. We're not eating more apples and oranges and whole foods. It's like, oh, okay. Well, then you, there's, now you've got a point. You've got a flag in the future. Like, okay, now let's work backwards. What kind of brands would those be? What kind of products would be there? Where would you get the distribution? Where would those have started? And you can start to work to targets towards the future. If that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. Yeah, so so that's one of the values of the things. If you can get any, that's why part of the, the model is start anywhere. Doesn't matter at all. It's all connected. You're gonna get to everything anyway. But if you start here, you can find some, oh, that is gonna be a part and parcel of this other piece because all of these elements they mutually arise and interdepend together. So if you it's like a puzzle, you figure out that one, okay, great, that's one down. That's gonna help you figure out the rest. In the same way, if we took your four dynamic right now. We could put it together kind of in any order, starting with what's on your mind or what you're feeling or what you're doing or where you are, and put all like that. So it gives a lot of, and so that's what I mean for leaders and entrepreneurs that are trying to plan something complicated over a long term with a lot of moving pieces, and therefore it's your job to keep it simple and explain it to a lot of people. It really becomes priceless because I find I'm constantly just distilling down whatever chaos is coming at me and say, okay, that's a mid game problem, it's a long game problem. That's just got that idea wrong. Don't worry. Here's what you need to do. You know, you're just simplifying it. So you're a filter to help people do this. And whoever does that's in charge. Yeah, I love that. I love that, uh, you know, often people have a question, well, where do I start? And your answer is, well, let's start with wherever you're at right now. And then we can fill in some more pieces of the puzzle from there because it, it, it's a much more natural process to be able to say, well, wherever you are, there you at, there you're at, and let's start from there and, and, and move beyond it. So I find that especially valuable. Yeah, they can't weasel out of it. That's like, you know, if you're a fitness trainer, you know, like, oh, talking about push-ups and doing push-ups are two different things. Talk about them while you're doing it. Talk about them while you're doing it. Let's go. You know, come on. You know? So it's that same, that same idea because people kind of want to avoid it. And it's, no, it's not an intellectual thing. It's just that you have them anyway. You're just avoiding the naming. That makes sense. Definitely. Um, but so, so I went through the first bit of running that business. Then, so like some young entrepreneurs with my brothers, some my brother and investors running this business, Whole Food Revolution. Right? That's the long game that we can say. Hey, there's a Whole Food Revolution. Has a beginning, a middle, and end, like any story. First part's the Whole Food Awakening. That's me. I'm showing up early days. Then you're going to figure out what it is, and then competitors are going to come into the market, and that's going to be a great rebalance. That's what's going on right now. And then once that sorts out and the riffraff gets sorted from the cream rises to the top, you're going to have a new normal, right? And we call that the clean green future. That's the natural balance. And that story is playing out in chapters. And here's the, you know, so we, that's our long game that we link it to. But the first part of that I did without having four game dynamics. So I had it intuitively, but I still felt like I was having to prepare for meeting to meeting to meeting because it didn't, flow as smoothly as it did later. And in the food business, the stress moments is you've got these meetings with buyers, so you've got retailers. Meetings are hard to get, real important. These guys are tough. They're used to saying no. It's hard to get your products on the shelf. You know, so you have a couple of these super high important meetings. 
uh, that if you miss, well, there you go, you don't get it for another six months, and that's half the market or something. So it has a, a really hot, so those became a really clear for me benchmark about, A, how much I enjoyed those and stressed about them and prepared for them, and then A, how successful I was. And uh, after I got the hang of this, it was entirely different because it, instead of jumping through their hoops, you kind of take it and say, yeah, I'm sorry, I'm not from around here. Our language is a little funny here. I talk about it this way. Cool. And you take that word bubble right back and you force it to stay in your terminology. And, uh, and you treat it like a therapy, a therapy. It's like, oh, I don't have a problem. I don't have a problem since I have something to sell. You have a problem here. You're missing this whole revolution. But I'm here to help you with your problem. And then you're just treating their four games as if they have some kind of affliction. And it's much more like a therapy model. Like, what's your presenting problem? Oh, well, that presenting problem is actually connected to this other thing over here. Oh, so if you fix this and this, you can protect that, you know. And suddenly you have a map to kind of diagnose and describe, which is really holistic. And most, you know, special K who came in the meeting before, they don't help like that. <laughs> um, so I found it was, and then by then I never had to prepare. I just had to show up and deal with what was there. Because how could I know what their four game dynamic was until I showed up and I got to ask them if I got about it? Know what the problem with. And so there, I've got nothing to sell, but I'll help you with your fourteen problem. You know, grocery store A, grocery store B. Oh yeah, well part of the problem is you don't have a long game, right? This isn't just a healthy eating trend. This is a whole food revolution. You got too much processed food down every aisle of the store. In an era where the kids are more and more holistic thinking, and none of those brands are going to represent it, you got a real problem. <laughs> and just poof, that's what's going on here. But. You know, you can have a role in fixing it, and then you kind of take control of the long game, and then you're giving people roles in it. But that's okay. You and me, beings like this, we're going to get this product on the shelf. That's how, that's how we fix it. Cheer up. <laughs> you know? And uh, you're only helping people fix their four games. And it's like, as I said, it's kind of like chiropractic. You can see that they're messed up. You know they're going to feel better. You have no negative agenda other than helping them. They're going to know it's better as soon as it's fixed. So it allows you to freedom to be a little bit sneaky on their behalf. Okay. So, so as I'm listening to you there, um, I'm kind of, uh, I'm, I'm struck by the, the utility of, of using other people's four games for them rather than um, sort of letting them dictate it to you. And I wonder, let's say that, I mean, you have, you have your four game. Okay. You, you understand this, this narrative piece, especially when you're going in to talk to, um, these uh, executives in these meetings and how, I mean, okay, here's, here's what I'm trying to get at, I think is, so you have, you went to business school, you've had all these experiences um, working with businesses, bringing them around to a capitalistic system. You've had all these experiences where you've, you've gone off and done the Ted Kaczynski thing in the woods and then you came back to reality. Um, and, but so, a lot of people talk about in the business world or business Twitter or business books, here are the tactics, here are the, here's the way to convince somebody here. And I wonder how much of that is necessary when you have the four games system or, or, you know, toolkit yeah, I versus, yeah, I mean, I just wonder the balance between those things. Yeah, no, good, good question. Yeah, no, I'm, uh, I don't use, I, I'm familiar with all those. I study all that stuff, but I don't use it any of that anymore because what you're trying to do from a good nature point i'm trying to help you get into flow i'm trying to get to help you get into generative creative flow that's when you're going to be at your best that's going to be when you're the most productive right so think 
give you like a little spinning top. I'm just trying to get you, set you up just right, right? Because that's gonna be in your own interest and in everybody else's interest. The world's better off with your generative flow. Um, so I kind of look at everybody that's kind of out of whack or out of balance. And it's like, oh, okay. And they're well-intentioned. And here, I'm gonna help you get on the long game that you want to happen. And so no, I, what I'm often doing is finding out what they think is going on. What long game, how, what, you know, see, roles, goals, path, what do they have in mind? What do they want to work out? And what's their role in it? What's my role in it? I just want to know their default long game, what they think is going on, what they think is going to happen. You know? And then I want to present a credible long game, which isn't bullshit, isn't unbelievable. I'm like, oh, here, you can, instead of doing that, you can do this. You know? And it has to be, and it's credible because it's for game a lot, whether it's explicit or not. I've taken the time to make sure my metaphor, my narrative, my gadget, my actions, my thoughts, my behaviors are all focused on the outcomes I want, which is helping them get in flow. But I don't really know what that is until I sit and talk to them and sort out the problem. But it, it makes for a very nice kind of Rogerian, you know, Carl Rogersy kind of way of dealing with folks, which uh, I find works sure. so much better, particularly with young people who are just too sharp by half. To be <laughs> and and I, I can identify with what you just said because that's that's how I tend to treat uh, most things in life like let's say I have a, a schedule set up and I have meetings in the schedule and I have things that need to get done that I've that have a specific time and then other things that are looser or, or even this podcast for example I have a general idea you know, I have a framework that I'm working with, but I need to respond in real time to what's going on so that I can have a conversation with you, Jamie, that's alive, or I can respond in real time in a meeting and say, well, this is what I'm hearing from you. And this is what I can offer you. And, and this is why I think this would be effective. And, and a question I have for you then is, um, what is the proportion of importance? Um, you know, whether it's 50, 50 or 10, 90 or whatever, what is the proportion of importance with having your four game in line versus having a viable product in your situation or like having a solution versus being able to communicate the solution in the framework in which the person you're explaining it to is going to latch onto. Yeah. Good, good, good question. All sorts of different ways to do it. That's the mid game gadget. How important is the thing in itself? You know, so for us, our bars are the gadget, right? Whole food alternative, you know, that's the thing in itself. And if the thing isn't better, it's not going to work because the thing has to then stimulate a certain kind of short game reaction. So I want to be able to give you my gadget and have a pretty good sense of what you're going to think, what you're going to feel and what you're going to do. I want you to feel good and think this is great, right? You know, so, so all that links. So that's why just BS long game won't get you anywhere. Because the thing in the self has to be good. But often in the, but early days, a lot of the value is in the long game. If you've got a credible narrative and you're a credible person, you can walk out and say, hey, here's, here's, what, here's, here's my analysis of market. Here's the long game. Here's the next sequence of path that we're going to do. And hey, just pulling all that together, that already has a value. Because a, co a coherent long game is not nothing. And now you can start to go get investors around that, even if you haven't built the product. Because you could say, hey, step one in our long game, build the product. <laughs> so I'm hiring you. So I'm getting you together. You, get, you, know, you can weave that into the long game, depending wherever you are on it. If you're off looking for investors, now's always the time you're looking for that investor because we need a guy just like you, given where we are in our story. So that's why, particularly as a young guy, that long game skill doesn't cost anything. You don't have to invest in a factory. You get it right, you know, pound for pound. But it can't, it can't be BS. 
you know, and you only, and you have to have a good personal short game behind there to have the credibility for it. But when we started, I mostly had long game. I didn't have any. I showed up and started talking about Whole Food Revolution and getting contract producers to make me bars. And said, hey, you make me a bar, I'll take it over test it, I'll sell it, we'll have a business, that'll be great. <laughs> you know? And then he makes me more, and I go, you know, but that was all because it was a narrative short game to go, to go do it. So that's what I mean. It's like, I think a young guy, if you could just focus on getting your four games, and there's infinite combinations where you can get it, and it all depends on what you want to do and what you got, whatever. But that seems to be the game and puzzle I wish I had started playing early. Or, you know. Sure, but, you know, uh, at the same time, here you are. And, and you're basically uh, living exactly the life that you had laid out for yourself, it sounds like to me. So, so maybe it just had to unfold the way that it did. Um, and I took that out there only because there are a lot of young people who listen to this. And if, you know, they might, they might be in a situation where, you know, boy, I, I sure wish I, I, I knew what to do exactly right now in this moment. And I know that's kind of what you're trying to help them. But the older people who are listening, it's like, look, it's not. Even though maybe your 20s went um, to, you know, were spent maybe not optimally, that doesn't really matter because if you get your story in line and you get your vision straight and you get your uh, ability to um, move through your day is always taking a step forward and you, and you know the direction you're pointed in and you, believe in your, and you believe in your story, then you can go out and have the confidence and not only that, but the, the legitimacy and experience of 10 years uh, of life on top of some of these younger guys who, you know, sure, maybe they, maybe they have the motivation and maybe they have the ambition and the energy to go out there and get after it. But you have the dignity and respect that comes along with being in your thirties, being in your forties. And just to kind of relate something here, when I was, when I was maybe like 25, I was working kind of a, just a shitty job. Um, and I was doing a good job at it and everything. And it was fulfilling because I, I was working in a, in an open kitchen in a oven fired pizza restaurant and people could watch me make it and I was spinning the dough in the air and I had regulars and we had good relationships and I was good at it. I mean, it wasn't a great job or anything, but it was satisfying in the sense that I was good at something and I could kind of put on a show and entertain people while they ate and I liked that. But there was a gentleman who I was doing some side work with from time to time doing like carpet or little construction odd jobs. And he looked at me one time and he said, Chance, you know, you're a young guy and you got a lot of potential and you're a hard worker and shit, but, um, I'm sure you feel like you're like, when is, when is it ever going to work out for you that you're going to start making real money? And he said, I felt like that too. But one thing I'll tell you is as soon as you hit 30 and I know this sounds weird and corny, but as soon as you hit 30, you're going to start making more money automatically. And it's just people take you more seriously and you've lived more life. And even if you're doing nothing different than you are right now, you're going to start making money. And, and sure enough, as soon as I hit 30, more opportunities came mm -hmm. to me, they came to me and everything. So there's just these weird it, it almost seems corny or like trite, but there really are these, these, these landmarks in your life. And when you hit them, the world looks different, different things mm -hmm. happen to you just be, just because of the way that the people who have come before you have lived the same sort of trajectory in terms of everybody's got the same amount of time, everybody uh, ages similarly. And, and there are just these opportunities that open up when people feel like they can relate to you on a certain level that they couldn't maybe when you were 22, but now you're 32. Um, so, so let me ask you this. Um, a, a young person ought to get their long game in order. 
and also their short game because they don't have a viable product to put out there because they haven't made it yet. They're just beginning to understand maybe even what it is they want to do. So what are some of the things? And, and I think everybody probably has a pretty good sense that if you eat right and you exercise and you foster good relationships, you're going to take care of a lot of that short game stuff. Yep. What are some of the tools maybe that you would suggest people look at or understand to develop a better sense of their long game? Um, yeah, just your average kid, you know, think about who your heroes were when you were 10 years old. Who you thought were the coolest people 10 years old you could possibly imagine, right? It's right when you're coming into adulthood, starting to think, looking around and seeing who you want to be and what, you know, your values are hidden. Who's, who it is. And then also then you can start to deconstruct the long game that goes around with that person. Because often that person will be something, is it their role that you liked? Was it their attitude? Was it their mind? What, what was it? You can start breaking down their four game dynamics. And often they'll have a story with them. Oh, is that a rags to riches story? Is that a kill the monster story? And so look, thinking about A, the heroes in your life, particularly when you're young, the ones that you've always had, you know, the ones that you haven't been kind of socially talked into, the ones you've always been interested in, evil can evil, or whoever, you know? Um, that's really interesting. And then getting into, that because that each each character each role comes with a story right knights fight dragons right there's only a few archetypal plots and narratives that we have in our mind and invariably we kind of as a young age unless we kind of consciously think otherwise we get a default like oh yeah i'm going to be kind of like such and such and as soon as you think i'm going to be kind of like such and such such and such as life plays out you're you know implicitly going to follow that long game that he has and that's an archetypal story with a beginning and a middle and an end. And all those elements that you get from studying screenwriting or hero's journeys or storytelling, all of those rules apply in there. You want to be able to tell a compelling story that draws emotion, but that is based on you. So as a, as a young guy, get real interested in your heroes and what it is about your heroes and the journeys that your heroes take and which one of those you want to emulate versus just which ones you want to admire from a distance. That makes sense. Yeah, interesting. And, you know, the reason I'm kind of asking these kind of questions is because, like we talked about a little bit before uh, we started recording, there are going to be those people who already have um, a wealth of knowledge and and a, and, a, and, a, and a, maybe a network, and they're going to hear this. Go, oh, okay, I got it. Yeah, that's great. And now I'm going to start using this as a tool in my toolbox to help me um, better utilize the stuff that I already have. But then there are those we're going to listen to this and um, some of the, you know, some of the things that might be taken for granted or seem obvious to a person who's more experienced are not going to be as obvious. And I'm trying to, I'm trying to flesh out how one might iterate some of these tools into their lives so that if somebody's coming to us fresh here, that they might uh, like have some, have some opportunities to go, Oh, okay. Now, now I get it. Now I understand yeah. that. Um, and on yeah, that I get yeah, you go ahead. Okay. You go ahead. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I get, uh, I generally get kind of two or three different types of people. One like you, already gone down the rabbit hole, already familiar with a lot of short game stuff. You already know the content. And so, gosh, I show up with the dresser, boom, you put the clothes in, no problem. <laughs> right? Makes perfect sense. Right? And then you can, oh, I don't want, not my favorite dresser, but fine, we can use it for that. Um, so, someone who already has a lot of information, say to you, like Garrett, a lot of guys you hang out with. That's, that's really fun to do because then you give them four game dynamics 
they've already got five pieces to the combination already done. They just need one last number. You, know, mm -hmm. you don't need to do hardly anything. <laughs> you know, and you can see when they're primed to go. Like, how much came into what mutually arise when you did your with all this podcast? Oh, that one gadget that changes your role, that changes your short game. There's all sorts of stuff. So there's those kind of people that are just red. They just need a nudge, <laughs> you know, or just a little clarification. They already got it. And they're really fun to talk to because they're so smart anyway. And then suddenly their brain puts all these different things together. And that's what I mean. It's not really simplistic. But suddenly you've got this really fun thing of connecting these non-obvious tools of knowledge. And you can see, oh, yeah, go clean your room. That's good mid-game advice, right? Tell your story. That's long-game advice. Here, eat, do your kettlebells. That's short-game advice. But no amount of cleaning your room is going to change your metaphor. That makes sense. Sure. So, yeah, so people who have those big tools of knowledge, they're great because they're like, oh, I knew all these truths. They didn't quite know how to put them together because they were different language names. Oh, great. So really helpful, really helpful for them. Those are the people I, I like feed it to the most because you can instantly have a really great conversation on the back of that as then you guys start to compare and contrast what's in, what's in each of your radicals. Other group of person that's really good is just a young guy that's coming to it right. Now, I'm not saying it's the only model you should use. I'm saying it's an early model you could use. If you come and you start it early, and hey, here's the dresser, <laughs> it allows you then to be really efficient about, okay, I'm going to go get some best practices for each one of these games, but I don't need to go get lost down the rabbit hole of any one. Because often we'll find one that we're just more interested than the other, and it feels like progress. So you can just stay in seeker mode, you know, but, uh, and never be a finder. <laughs> you know, and therefore a user and an applier, et cetera. So those two groups, the people have a lot, the people have nothing to start in. The ones who struggle the most are the ones that are kind of in between. They're like skeptical and maybe they weren't too familiar with one of the other games to begin with, and they need to empty their cup a little bit. And that sometimes takes them long. So what would you let's talk about that person in between a little bit. What are maybe some of the strategies or what are what would you tell somebody like that where they say, hey, you know, I, I don't know about this, Jamie, and, and I have this going on, and maybe I'm confused about this, and, and I'm just not sure about you, pal. I mean, what would you kind of, where would you try to lead them to help them understand a little bit better how this might be useful to them? Yeah, I always try to just bring it right back into them. Be like, oh, okay, well, notice your thoughts. Notice your feelings. Notice your environment. Notice your narrative. Right now. Just notice that you have them. You know? So I always try to bring it back to them personally immediately. I'm not trying to tell you anything. You already have these things. Oh, now, you know, do you need, you know, how do you all, how do you navigate using the map? Do you want to improve any of them? But just again, you got to kind of put awareness to it. But as opposed to getting into an abstract conversation in the short game mental space, I'm not interested in that. But I already know if they don't get it, they've got some. They're four games or some tweak. There's some mental concept they don't get. They've probably got some short-term emotion of like skepticism or whatever going through them, you know? And they probably have some long game role that they like to consider of themselves where they're kind of smart and complex and probably something so simple and possible, you know? And that's why they all, people get through that. But uh, that kind of stuff, or they've got some kind of fixed metaphor up in the metaphor space. The sharpest people I find are the ones who can kind of dance through different metaphors playfully. Some people get sure. stuck on a metaphor. Some people get stuck on a metaphor. No. The universe is like a kingdom. Only. It's not like <laughs> a river. Oh, okay. You know, and then some people don't take their, you know, fundamentals. For me, if somebody takes their metaphor literally, 
oh, that's real. That's <laughs> you can quite have a hang of the thing, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, I, I've coming coming from a very religious yeah. background, I can definitely kind of identify with that sentiment. It's like, wait a minute, um, I think you're kind of, uh, I think you're kind of missing the point here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. A, a metaphysical, a metaphysical king versus a literal king. Yeah, there's a big difference, you know. It's like the difference between Santa and a orange. <laughs> so, so here, I I have an idea, and, and let's let's see maybe if we can run with this. I wonder if we could. What if I? <laughs> well, yeah, what if I? <laughs> what if I pr propose a hypothetical person um, with a with a set of characteristics, and and I'll and I'll play that person, and you can walk me through a four game. <laughs> Okay, so let's say that I'm 25 years old and I'm ambitious, and I have, let's say, um, I have a business interest in creating a, um, let's call it, let's call it a, um, a more natural workout supplement product. Okay. Okay. okay that's your and, That's your mid game game. Right. right. And I. As far as I've gotten on that is I have a formula that I have experimented with on myself and found it effective and I've let my friends try it and um, I have no capital and um, I have a job that I work, let's say, you know, full time plus little overtime, let's call it 45 hours a week and I don't know um, what my next steps are and, and let's say as far as like a long game, um, I know that I want to get this out there because I think it will help people and be a more healthy alternative, but that's as far as I've gotten with that. And as far as, uh, and as far as like uh, the metaphor, um, I, I'm not sure how to tie this into my metaphor or even necessarily exactly what that is for me at this point yet. So let's kind of start from there and see if we could kind of walk through this and, and maybe highlight how someone might do this in their own life. Yeah, no, that's right. That's pretty much what I get asked a lot, you know, food people. Oh yeah, I want to make this thing. Um, so yeah, so it's like okay. Often they have a gadget, right? So they've got the thing that they make the recipe. It's the best. It's the best thing. You know, I've got my thing in itself. And then they've got, like you said, they've got some elements of a long game, but they're not really clear. Right? To get clear on your role, like okay, if you're going to bring this thing to the world, right? And you're going to have to spend some time envisioning it. How big to the world do you want to bring it? Is this global? Is this your school? Is this how big is that? Right. So that's a little bit of goal. However big it is, what's your role going to be in nurturing it? You're going to be the CEO. You would find investors, or you, you know, a lot of times people can't quite have trouble with their long game because of the role aspect. It's like, oh, you can pick any, you can be any character in the story. It's your story. You want to be the help, you know. You don't have to be the fear, fearless leader. You can go out and find one of those and be the investor. <laughs> you know, so getting clear on what role kind of resonates with you, and and again, that goes back to kind of. As a kid, what role, do, what are you? Be what you are. But often people have projected in, I'm like, oh, that's what I am. But no, that's not the cool thing. I should want to be this. You know, they, they aspire to a role that doesn't really suit them. So I'd be like, okay, regardless of how wonderful the gadget is, don't then make the mistake of locking yourself into a role for a long time that you don't love, because building a business is going to take a long time. And then you'd start playing out, well, what does a long game look like for a guy with that gadget playing that role, given that you're starting here? Okay, well, what do you know? What do you don't know? What do you already think your long game is? Hmm. You know, because at, at that phase, it's going to be a lot of 
right? What's your short game? What's your daily activity? Invariably, it's going to be, who do you need to talk to <laughs> to go to the next thing? And then the, the little ninja hack is always you go to the next guy and you say, hey, man, if you're me, what would you do? And then you shut up and listen. <laughs> and then they go, oh, are you? I do big, big, big. And just keep asking smart people all the Here's who I am. Here's what I'm trying to do. Here's the role I want to be. But gosh, you know, I don't know this. If you were me, what would you do? Or often early, that's what you're doing constantly. And what you're doing in the process of doing that is you're getting that wrong game is getting credible. You're going to find out all sorts of stuff. You know, do you really want to do a business, kid? <laughs> or do you just, you know, create a nice granola? Two entirely different things, you know. But that's generally the kind of the process I go through. Because um, you're trying to get it to be authentic. Because before someone commits, you want to make sure it's really what they want to do. Because you don't have an infinite amount of opportunities to take a swing at. And that's why it's like, I always try to say, hey, if you're going to put your long game, make sure you've got a mid, a deep game tectonic shift behind you. And I only help, felt comfortable put, going all in on Whole Food because I had a lot of certainty with that insight that there's a nature inevitable push. You know, and I could redefine terms and I felt like I, I had a drop on the future. If you don't feel like you have a drop on the future of where you're talking, you're never going to be able to take the role of a pioneering leadery person because that's what a pioneering leadery person does. You're the guy with the drop and what's coming next. You know, so I would, again, so if they can't pull that role off, give them a different role. But often the, for those guys, the opportunity was too, if you don't want to be the, the, new, the latest guy in an old category, much better to be a new guy in the new category. And everybody says it's small. It says, I oh, know it's not small. It's not crazy. I'm first. There's more coming. It's growing. <laughs> you know, and, and own that spot as opposed to be like, oh, yeah, you're another whatever. For us, it was, no, we're not a cereal bar, we're a whole food bar. We're not a last cereal bar, we're the first whole food bar. It's different. You know, and then you can start to tell the story in your, in your own terms. So whatever it is that they have, I really want to make sure that they have, they own their zone like that. And it's like, yeah, there's a dude that knows his, knows his spot as opposed to just, just kind of has an element of a dream. Form. But you can still start there, and you may end up at a totally different thing. That's when you start anywhere. That's where his mind is. Start right there. But often, people don't really want to be business people. When you poker, you know. Hmm. That's that's a, that's a good point. So so let's say in our hypothetical, my, the character I'm playing, I say, um, what I want is to to be both the face and the decider of this company moving forward. I, I believe in my message. I have an ability to communicate and I don't want to cede too much power to other people to um, move this company in a direction I don't approve of, but I need some seed money to get this thing rolling because I don't have the capacity to raise capital in my personal life. Um, so uh, what, I mean, what would you suggest they go about doing at that point? Yeah, well, then, then you're getting closer because you're like, now you've got that. Now you can do a kind of like, you know, I want to do this just kind of like, I don't know. And you've got some reference, right? Or who, who's someone that you think operates that way? Or someone that you can, because now again, you've got something specific you can start to deconstruct. Like, oh yeah, kind of like Joe Rogan does. Okay, well, look at that. Because again, ultimately, I'm trying to fill out a coherent four-game model where it all fits. They're like, okay, that'll help me make up the system. That'll help me figure out what environment you're in. And they don't know to spit it out that way, so you kind of got to pull it out of them. But in the end, it'll either resonate or not. Oh, yeah. That's what I'm talking about. Um, but you're going to have trouble getting anybody on the investment side. You have to have a long game where they're the hero. You're not the hero. 
<laughs> you're there, you're long game. When you're coming to them, you, they're only going to buy into a story where they're here. And the investors are generally investors because of money. They're going to care a lot less about your mission unless you get lucky and get somebody who's having a fill and grab part of turn. Um, but yeah, your long game has to be basically, hey, here's this new big thing. Lucky you, you got in early. I'm the tip of the steer. I'm not crazy. I'm first. Here's a great opportunity to jump in early. You know, these opportunities don't come along very well, around very often. I picked you because you can be helpful. To, you know, it's got to be that. Not just, hey, I have this green, green, this and that. Unless you can show why, hey, this is a slam dunk and it's going to make a lot of money. So they don't care about anything like that. But that's where that art of, you've got a lot of people that kind of want to support good things. So there is a, an art to it, but that's, that's where I would point some of it. I really. That makes sense? Yeah, I love that. I like the idea of um, creating a story where the person that you are telling the story to uh, um, is the hero. That's a lot more yeah, compelling for something. Yeah, you know, you're like, only one Kenobi. You're, you're not Luke Skywalker. You're only one Kenobi. And you're handing out lightsabers. Hmm. That's what you're doing. You're not taking fights. You're not doing anything. I'm trying, I'm trying to give you a lightsaber, man, because you're Luke Skywalker. you got so much skill. And with this, you can do so much great things. And then you're laying out how the next. The next long game is going to get better now that you've introduced your gadget to it and how their role has shifted to something that they aspire to now that they've had this relationship with you and your gadget. Ooh, you just kind of tweaked their long game in the same way when you started your podcast. Oh, your role has something changed. That, that gadget, that system into the mix, that's a new chapter. You know? But yeah, you get, you get good at that. And that's where four game really helps because if you really want to make a compelling long game, and again, you're not just bullshit selling somebody. You're really looking out for their interests. You're trying to put you to a long game where they can lead to a more poor game balance for their own selves, however they determine. You're trying to get them to create a flow too. And if you're just coming at that point of sincerity and you're so overt, you're almost covert. Like, I don't know how to be more clear. <laughs> you know? And uh, yeah. that really just lowers defenses because you don't have any other agenda other than success in their terms what you're trying to define you know, that's a you know that's a great that's a great point i want to touch on a little bit um you know i i'll use myself in, as an example here for a second because i have i came into the social media world into the digital world um by writing about all the things in my life that i had done that were shitty and and just right off the bat, you know, I was a criminal, I was an addict, I was a self-destructive person, I had hurt other people, I had hurt myself, and that's where I was, and these are the things that I did to get out of there, and this is where I am now, and this is what I'm going to be doing, and you can watch my journey, and you can see that um, I came here, and I have nothing to hide. You can't dox me, you can't take me down because of skeletons in my closet, because I just showed them to you. And number two is, I... I did all these things to get where I'm at and maybe you don't believe that I am where I'm at, but I'm going to show you. And then when I show you, you're going to start to follow along with me because I'm going other places and I'm going to use the same tools I use to get here and tools I pick up along the way to get there. And once you start seeing the truth and what I'm saying, um, you're going to start following along with me. And that has always been overt and I'm very overt about the, you know, this is, these are the next couple of steps I'm going to be taking. And if I fail or I mess up, I'm always careful to say that to my kids, to my family, to my followers. I don't want to have to hide from anything. And, and that allows me the space to, to be genuine, like you talked about, to, to not have to, like when I come to you and I want to sell you something, 
yeah, I, I want to sell you something and I want you to help me further my goals. But the way that I intend to do that is by helping you further your goals. And so I really, I really relate to what you said there about being Obi-Wan Kenobi, because there are things that I do behind the scenes that are a lot more subtle than the stuff I'm doing on this podcast or the stuff I'm doing on my timeline. But I even say that I'm saying it now. I'm saying there are people that I'm connected with. There are things that I'm working on. There are perspectives that I take that are not for the general population. You wouldn't connect to it. You wouldn't get it. And if you did, um, it wouldn't be useful for you to understand that, to understand where I'm trying to go. I, I'm telling you where I'm trying to go. I'm just learning more about how to get there and connecting with the people maybe in you know, more behind the scenes ways than I am with you because you're the person who's following me, not the person who I'm shaking hands with along the way. Um, so I just kind of wanted to point out to people that look, there is a lot of, there are a lot of things you're going to need to do behind the scenes to make the things that you're doing out in the open viable, but you, you, there's, there's an element of being genuine and an element of being honest and an element of exposing your heart and exposing who you really are that is going to protect you and also be compelling because if you've got nothing to hide and people can relate to you and they can understand like for myself, when I tell people, okay, well, I used to be a drug addict and a binge drinker and a criminal and, you know, I was violent and I hated myself and, um, and all these things. And now I'm not, it's, it's very easy for me to say, so if I was there and you've never even been close to that, if, if I was at a minus 10 and I'm trying to get to a, a full positive 10 and you're sitting here at like a seven, a positive seven, and you're trying to get to a positive 10, there's no reason that you can't because I did and I had way more stuff to overcome than you. And here's the things I used to do that. And here's where I'm going. So I just kind of wanted to, you know, sort of relate that and share that as a, maybe a perspective to all this is there are things out there that will help you get to where you're trying to go. But like you've talked about and like the, like the four game system lays out, you got to take care of yourself. You've got to place yourself in an environment that's conducive to progress. You have to have an idea of where you're traveling. Otherwise you're just going to spin in circles. And you also have to have a way of understanding the things that are beyond your understanding in a way that won't be debilitating, that won't be, um, like, for example, I'll give you an example where I'm talking about there on the deep game is I came to a point in my life where I had, I had believed in um, my religious background in a very literal way as a kid until I started asking questions. And then I got to a point where I thought, okay, well, I can take these ideas out only a certain way. And then I realized that I cannot comprehend this and I'll never comprehend it. It's impossible for me to do so. And the realization of that made me feel so depressed because I had lost the metaphor I had been using and I had nothing right. to replace. It with. And so I right. just, I, you know, by, by accepting the fact that you don't know, but then framing it in a way that helps you um, kind of understand your life and the, and the purpose of it, maybe it isn't hundred percent accurate. In fact, it's assuredly not going to be, but having a confused deep game purpose that's, that's still helpful in a metaphor form is vastly superior to disbelieving in purpose at all, because that's going to carry down into all the other three games right down into where you are right now, feeling sad about yourself because there's no purpose. And so what's the purpose? And I think that's a pretty important point for a lot of young people today with the confusion and the distractions and the, and the crumbling of the foundations of belief and trust and faith and things like that. Yeah, no, it's a good point. Yeah, no, it's worth taking a second and talking deep game because that is kind of the unusual part 
that most people aren't, aren't as familiar with. Yeah, I should have found that, you know, when you're looking at the, the unspeakable, right, that which has no boundary, right, flip into the unimaginable, right? What do you, is that nothing? Is that something? You know, everyone kind of struggles with what do you, what do, you do with that, you know? I sure find a lot of people find it helpful. People look straight at that and say, well, it's obviously it's not nothing, right? It's not nothing. But it's certainly a mystery, which feels true, you know? And in the nature of a mystery is to be confused. Are you confused? Well, they're important. You know, to be able to kind of cosmic shrug at mystery and just say, that's what you're going to get. It's something to be experienced or a problem to be solved. There it is. And then you get into metaphors can then become handy, or you may have some default that you're born with or culture you can't escape anyway. But in any case, the ability to kind of hold them loosely and then adjust for degrees of literalness versus metaphoricalness, it takes a lot of what I find the arguments about religion on because a lot of those. They're, they're just applications of a deep game metaphor throughout the other games, right? And they can, they can apply, you know, what's Christendom? Other than a whole system built on the metaphor of a kingdom. Like, no, up there. Okay. So I mean, it's, a real, it's really interesting how much high leverage happens up at the deep game. It's like the set of the sale. You know, if you've got, if you set up your deep game that the whole thing's a judgment, if you don't do X and Y, you're going to suffer forever. Well, that's going to affect your long game. <laughs> you know, and how you, how you go about your day, you know? So a lot of people, they get themselves because they've been stuck into some deep game metaphor that's just disempowering, depressing, or somehow, but you know, they don't even think about it because it's just half a click behind their consciousness. It's, it's kind of the whole thing that ties it together. And in that metaphor, the nature of what they're doing is just grim. And uh, it's hard to change, but you can see it often and it's kind of a non-obvious problem because it's hard to point at yeah i mean it's it's tough to really as you said you know when it has no bounds and it's ineffable it's kind of like well what yeah what am i supposed to do with that but i like i like where you landed it where you just say look it's a mystery there's probably something there i mean we're here there's probably something there but it's it's mysterious you can't you can't really grasp it but but how do you look at it honestly know yeah yeah what do you honestly know about it other than that you really search your consciousness and say, what do you really know? Mysterious. It seems to be the most honest answer <laughs> I can get to. Right, that's true. I can't be more honest than that. You know? And so I find comfort in that and then it's like, oh, okay, well, now we're just playing with that first. Even though that itself is kind of mystery. Okay, so look. Um, I, like, I like what we've done here and I like that we've laid this out and, and maybe I'll kind of offer my understanding of what we've been talking about and kick it back to you and see if that's in fitting with, with, um, with where you're trying to guide me and guide the listeners with this. And if so, then uh, maybe we'll give it the opportunity to speak directly to the listeners and maybe offer some, some pointers for them. And then um, we can wrap this baby up. Does that sound good to you? Okay. So, so as I've been listening, um, I've been trying to, Keep keep in mind, let's let's call it a a standard order of operations for this. And it sounds like to me, especially for a young person, let's keep it for the young people. The older people, they'll uh, you know they'll do with this what they think is best, and they'll have the experience to rely on to maybe understand. So okay, number one, a young person has a lot of ideas, ambition, goals, that kind of thing, uh, but they're not quite sure where to put them. So by developing a long game and understanding their story and where they want to go and what role they want to play in that story, it helps to frame things. And then number yeah. two is 
a young person needs to really take care of their short game as well. They need to make sure that they're fit, that they're healthy, that they're um, managing their emotions and not getting overwhelmed or not lashing out or things like this so that when they develop that long game sufficiently to the point where they feel like they're ready to communicate it and they're ready to share it and they're ready to try to bring people into the story with them, that they're presentable, that they don't seem unhealthy, that they don't seem undependable because they're not going to have the experience. They're not going to have the mid game gadget yet. They're trying to build that. They're not going to have the um, esteem and the, and just the natural course of respect that comes from being a little bit older. So they need to make sure that both the long game is, is well spelled out and they have the ability to communicate it. And then that the short game is on point as well, that they're fit, they're healthy, they're presentable. They're not some bum going out there trying to convince people um, with money or with resources that they should give money to some dude who doesn't even care to take care of their own person. Um, and then beyond that, once, once they've, been able to start the the ball rolling and they're working on that mid game and they they have a little money come into their lives and their environment they're able to improve their environment and make sure that it's conducive to what they're trying to do that they don't forget about that deep game and the idea that um the 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 way that i um let's let's say the way that i encompass all that i see and all that i am and all that i understand it has to it has to be relatable in some sort of way. There has to be a healthy metaphor that allows me to look at the mysterious aspects of this and, and guide me in a way that doesn't lead me to um, depression or doesn't lead me to compromises that would not best serve the story that I'm trying to tell because it doesn't fit within this, this deep framework that uh, will, will guide the way that my story transforms over time. Is that about, is that about right? That's excellent. Okay. Excellent. Yeah, there you go. That's what I mean. It's really simple. So it's like, that's why there's nothing special about me. The system is the thing. Like, once you get the message, you can hang up the phone. You know, it doesn't need endless study to go out and be done. And, and, I, and I love that. And, you know, uh, I'll, one thing I'll want to include in the show notes is a link to your, um, your, your uh, infographic. And maybe people could just like print it out and stick it on their wall and and sure. Oh, here's here's one more question I wanted to ask you before maybe I, I um, give you a chance to speak to the audience directly is let's let's say people are on board with this concept. They like the four games. It connects with them. They realize that um, you know these things really are true in their lives. In a in a very like physical, actual, literal sense. How would someone map out their four games, so like on a whiteboard or a piece of paper? Like, what what are the what are the exercises that one might do to actually um, like have a have a real physical, literal example of their four games before their eyes? Yeah, fill in that symbol, fill in all those goofy logos I bug everybody with. That's what that's for. Because once you know four game dynamics, really, you don't need the words anymore. You just know that logo. Like you now, chance you can just take that image and fill it in and you could do a profile on people. You could say, here's where I am now, here's where I'm to be in the future. And that's what that little, that little gadget is because once you need it, you don't need the words. Mm. So does that make sense? And then you can stretch that out, but there's all, so that's one main one. And then generally just here in the office and when we give projects, we just do it top to bottom and we color code it. You know, so here's the business, here at Natural Balance Foods, our deep game metaphor, 
is balance or long game is whole food revolution or mid game is whole food alternatives our emotions are happy our physical is healthy and our mental is helpful we run the whole business around that. Um, so. but so you kind of go in and get filled that's what i mean what you focus on is clarify them and align them and spend time on them and it doesn't matter where you start but that's that's yeah that's the exercise the exercise early before it's intuitive is translating everything you can, almost in an annoying way, into four-game dynamics. Oh, I see, that's long game, that's mid game. You're doing that until you don't have to do it consciously anymore. And then when you're doing your planning, thinking of slices in time, there's a four-game dynamic for every moment in time. If you wanna go ahead in the future, flesh it out. If you wanna talk about the present, flesh it out. Likewise with the past. So using that little symbol, you can get the 80-20 done in a lot. Fantastic. I, I like that. And um, you, you sharing sort of your company for game. I really like that too, because um, that's, that's a very simple framework from which to operate, but you can extrapolate infinitely from that. And it, you know, so, so that's cool. And it, it, yeah, and it helps guide everything because I'm able to say that with our short game, if it's not healthy, happy, and helpful. What are we doing? <laughs> and so it really helps down to that short game behavior. So strangely enough, all that metaphor it allows down for a real focus, and then it allows culture to be really robust. And people can relax because it's authentic, and it's not like, oh, this is just BS company culture. Then it goes all the way to the bottom, which is what you notice with people who have kind of take four game control and alignment. They just have this kind of presence about them you know, because you can you can tell they can control their four games. Like, oh, they thought about it. There's no time. That's why Joe Rogan is talking. Oh, yeah, well, he's examined all that. Probably he's a guy, you know. But you can you, you know it when you see it. Yeah, and that I mean, obviously, you know, that's. I have a book, and and it, one of the sections in that book, uncommon mentality, is is be undeniable. And the thing I say is, when you rock, when you walk in a room, people should take note. They should know that. You just walked into the room. You're that dude who walks in and people go, oh, let's turn around and look at Chance or let's turn around and look at Jamie. And part of the way that I explain people how to do that is you have to be genuine. You have to be in alignment with what you say. You have to be in alignment mentally, physically, your actions, your demeanor. The more that those things are in alignment, the more that you will be undeniable because people will see in every aspect of your life that the things that you're saying, the things that you expect of other people, you're doing. You're an example you're the one who's lighting the path and when people see that because it's so rare because people are either afraid or dishonest or confused when someone walks in and they're honest and they're courageous and they're clear in their purpose and their message it's remarkable to see somebody like that and people do take note and there will be one or two reactions usually they want to get on board or they want to fight you because of the way you make them feel bad about this <laughs> and, and and so uh, you know I, this conversation, and I knew it was going to be this way from our previous conversation, but as we've been going along, it's just like, yeah, man, that's, I agree with that. That's what I'm teaching. And yeah, man, I agree with that. That's what I'm teaching. And, and so on that note, it's, it's very pleasurable to, you know, this, this experience for me has been fun because, you know, I, I, had, I had basically put in a decade of work before I was ready to step out into the light. And I was very confident in myself and I, and I knew the things that I was practicing and teaching were true because I'd seen them in my life and other people's lives. But 
I wasn't quite sure how things were going to go once I launched myself out into the wider world. And through the course of this podcast and some of the people I've met and the conversations I've had, it's like, yes, yep, I'm on the right track. And uh, I'm going to be able to help people just the way I plan. I'm going to be able to shift things just the way I plan if I can stay the course and make the right connections, which I know I can. So I'm going to do it. And I just wanted to say um, on that note, thank you for um, thank you for being one more note in the symphony of life that is that is telling me that this purpose that I have found it's genuine, it's true, and it's going to make an impact because um, when you set out to change the world, it can be a very daunting task and it's full of opportunities to doubt yourself. And when you have people who have already um, been successful in many regards and they're, and they're sort of doing the same thing as you, which is trying to help people move forward and to, to be their own little center of world improvements, it, it's just a, it's a good feeling to have. So I just wanted to say thank you to you jamie for uh, for being one more of those one of the one more of those signs along the way that tells me i'm doing what i'm supposed to be doing well hey thanks man you are you're gonna help a lot of people before you're done so you know, so look you're, you're recognizing you're recognizable from a distance you're what you know what you're just right where you're supposed to be in your story you know you're what a, a 30 year old guy looks like on his way to be a successful 40 well that's a you know i appreciate that and um but this podcast isn't too much about me. It's about you and it's about the audience more than it's about me. I just like you to get to do it. So, so with that in mind, let's say we have one of these young people and they're sitting right in front of you and they say, Jamie, you know, I have all these ideas. I'm not sure which one to pick. I'm not sure exactly what kind of story I'm living in right now, or, you know, I'm not sure how to, not sure what to do right now. What are maybe one or two things that you would offer to the, to that person in front of you that you think would give them the most bang for their buck to, to set about starting right now so that they could um, begin to move forward on, on all these things. And then what would you tell yeah. them? Yeah. First of all, just importantly, I always kind of think it one of the most valuable things you can do for somebody is see them as they wish to be seen. You know, so invariably when I'm talking to somebody of that kind, it's like, cheer up. I'm wrong with you. You're all right. You're doing fine. Here's the part of the story you're in. Let go all that, you know, your past is as over as the Peloponnesian War, man. We're right here now. But, you know, they just like all that stuff. You're okay, nothing wrong with you. Often they've got some story they're bringing or some sense, and they just need someone capable to look at them and just a little tough love of, nope, you're fine. You know, this is nothing new problem. Speak to you now, but don't worry, you're going to get right through this. And just kind of see the confidence, you know, see the ability in them. And then four game is nice because I can get very specific from them. That's not really vague. You guys look at you. Got, you know, you got a sharp, short. You got a sharp mind. You got a strong body. You got, here's the elements you're wrong. You can point out what they've already got. It's good. It's if everybody already has a four game. You know, there's going to be something to point to. So nothing wrong with you. Cheer up. You got a lot of strength. You're right. A part of you're the part of the story where this happens. Boom, boom, boom. And often in a young guy, it means okay. You need to train each one of those games. So find some good short game teachers and techniques. Doesn't matter at all. It could be yoga, it could be karate, it could be whatever. Go, go, go down that rabbit hole of short game. You know, likewise, go study a little bit of mid game. Go study some science. Go study, you know, find teachers in there and start filling up your kind of pantheon of mentors. But if you're willful about it and you do it in each one of the games, you won't overload in one game and just know everything about psychology but don't know anything about you know, leadership or something. So I'd say go find teachers in each one of those four games that resonate with you or talk in sense. 
because you need and think of those as skills, think of your short game skills, your mid game skills, and just give them that because once they go out into the world and have an ear for it, they'll find that everybody out there that sounds smart, they can translate it back into four game dynamics and it allows them to translate these guys. Sometimes they're so complicated because they're going over different four games. You know, these Terrence McKenna, Jordan Pierce, and Alan Watts types are interesting because they're dancing between their four games. But if you don't make any distinctions between them, it's easy to be like, well, wow, that was interesting, but I feel dumb. So it's helpful to be like, great, go study best practices in each one. And then for me, again, this is why it's not prescriptive. It doesn't matter to me really from whom you learn. There's tons of teachers in each category. Um, so that's where I kind of send them off. Nothing wrong with you. Your homework is to work on each one of those games and something that you enjoy. And notice how much you progress and kind of get in their eye for noticing progress. Try it and notice this, you know, because you know if you change someone's four games, it can't not change. And one of the interesting things is confidence. It becomes that's why simplicity precedes confidence. Once your four games are tight, you're confident. Of course you are. How could you not be? And that's usually what most young people that have, they're not confidence because their four games are tight. When you tighten it up, it's like you can go talk to anybody in the world, man. Here's what I'm trying to do, here's what I think's going on, here's how you can help, here's what's next. Good, you own that. It's a pleasure. Um, so Kind of getting into that, like, hey, you can, this, this confidence you have is a function of not having your four games together. And it's a process of getting, and it's fun. And by the time you're done, you'll have your four games together, and you'll have your interesting connection of knowledge in each one of these schools. And then you can talk to other people who also have long games, but have been up to a totally different lineage, you know? Sure. Does that make, that make sense? And then, and then within each one, then I'll shut up. And so then I'd summarize and say, great, so the nature of what you want to do with your short game, basically, you want to mobilize it, man. You want to get it moving. Get it up, get it moving, right? Get your mind moving, get your body moving. Stimulate the nature of what you want to do with your mid-game is you want to optimize it. Look at all that systems. You want to streamline it so it can encourage you to get into flow, right? What do you want to do with your long game? You want to clarify it, right? You want to dramatize it. You want to put it in narrative idiom, right? So it's inspiring. And then what do you want to do with your deep game? You probably just want to explore it, <laughs> right? And loosen it up a little bit. Try some other ones. But if as a young guy, the sooner you get started on that, the sooner you'll get to this spot where you're just authentically foregained aligned and habitually foregained aware. And you are a very capable cat at a very early age. And uh, so that's usually my advice to the young guys. I, I like that. And, and maybe I'll just toss in my final thought, which is this. Um, Jamie just talked about something that's very important. One of the greatest gifts that you can give somebody is to vocalize your belief in them. I'm sure everybody who's listening to this has had an experience in their life where somebody has said, I believe in you. And the feeling that you get from that, especially if it's a person you respect is it's motivating and it's invigorating and it's, and it's healing in a lot of ways because when somebody from the outside believes in what you're doing, it, it, it enables you to, it's, it's that sense of validation. And, and I would just kind of chuck this in as a final thought. A lot of people have lived their lives um, with this rule as a very foundational rule. And it's that treat other people as you would like to be treated. And I want to maybe elevate that a little bit and just offer this as a final piece of wisdom, which is treat yourself like you would like other people to treat you. The respect, the belief, the dignity, the love, 
give those things to yourself too, because if you don't believe in yourself, if you don't respect yourself, if you don't um, do the things that are necessary to make sure that you feel good within yourself, it's going to be a lot harder for you to share those things with other people and to accept them from other people. So the golden rule should apply to yourself as well. And, and with that kind of parting piece of advice for myself, I just want to take the opportunity again to thank you, Jamie, for coming on and taking some of your valuable time to come here and share your thoughts with me and share your thoughts with the listeners, because I think a lot of people are going to benefit from the things that we've talked about here. And um, I'm grateful for you for both having lived the life necessary to, to come up with the toolkit and then for taking the time away from that, um, you know, sort of full life to come here and share some of that with me. So thank you very much, man. Hey, my pleasure. Thanks. Absolutely. And, and maybe is there, why don't you tell people where they can find you online and, um, and any, anything else you might want to share or anybody you want to say hello to, if there's something like that, and then we can, uh, we can roll on out of here. Yeah. No, in regards to four game dynamics, especially on Twitter, and I've tried to leave a uh, breadcrumbs and seeds of everything. So if you go and digest it through there, that should be everything you need to know to get started. And your handle is at Jamie Combs, right? Uh, is what would Captain Simple do? But the, the at is Jamie Combs, yeah? Yes. Okay. And if people are interested in learning more about your um, your food products, where can they find that? So that's Natural Balance Foods. And that's based in the UK. And so if you're familiar with Naked Bars, you track those. Okay. And um, I guess with that, is there is there any uh, parting bits you want to offer up or are you good? No, I'm good. That was a real pleasure, man. Thank you. Absolutely. Well, in that case, this is the Logos and Trivical podcast. I've been Chance Lunsford. He's been Jamie Combs, and we are out of here. We here at the Logos and Trivical podcast work hard to bring you the highest quality audio, the best editing, and the most professionalism of any podcast on the market. Either that or we do the exact opposite. Either way, consider supporting the podcast. If you'd like to support the podcast, you can support the podcast by supporting the podcast. There's a link somewhere, and I encourage you to click the link to support the podcast professionally.